Welcome, cold-handed ones. It's an honor to greet slash welcome so many who have touched so many women in such a powerful way. Come on in. Watch out. It's a little slippery. And if you think it's hot out there, whoa, come on, come on, come on. Get him in my office now. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. This is the podcast where we watched a movie full of noodles and noses, but watching it was not like walking through a field full of roses. I'm Kaylee. I'm Ryan Long Rhymes. <laughs> uh, I'm weird. If we don't show him compassion, who will? That's right. We watched Patch Adams. Uh, I remember this movie very differently. So, what year was this? Uh, 1998. 98. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Yeah, I watched this very. I'm like five or six when I saw this for the first time. Um, so I remember it very different, differently. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. Let's uh, summarize the movie very quickly, though. Um, I'm going to read from the back of the box. Uh, meet Patch Adams, Academy Award winner Robin Williams, a doctor who doesn't look, act, or think like any doctor you've met before. For Patch, humor is the best medicine. And he's willing to do just about anything to make his patients laugh even if it means risking his own career. Based on a true story, Patch Adams combines side-splitting humor with an inspiring story that transcends the traditional comedy. Ryan, how would you summarize this movie? Hey guys, want to see a movie about a doctor that's on cocaine? (laughs) (laughs) No. I know. Watch Patch Adams. Let's yeah. go. Um, he does seem like he's microdosing through the whole. Th- he's on something. He micro about it. The man is on the white girl. Cloud Nine. He's crazy. Yeah. I shouldn't call people crazy. That's that's not okay. Well, particularly not in this movie. Uh no. Uh. Definitely not. I mean, okay. I remember this movie so differently. Hmm. Um. So I'm bringing, uh, I'm showing you this movie because I love Robin Williams. He was a um, a staple in family movies when I was growing up. Uh, Hook is one of my favorite movies, and I would have shown you that, but you've already seen it. So I was racking my head trying to think about, like, what other Robin Williams movies really impacted me, and this was one of them. Mm -hmm. Um. I had no idea that this was a mental health story. Um, I had no idea how heavy uh, this movie actually is. Uh, and now that I'm watching it, holy cow, uh, I'm shocked. Um, so we let's go ahead and dive right into it. Um, we start in a mental hospital that is actually an hour-ish from where we are currently sitting. Yeah, it's in the state we live in, but um, we're we're introduced to him checking in, right? Yeah. Yeah. We see that he is checking himself in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't very clear. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I got it. I figured it out quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but what also came to me pretty quickly was the the fact that the movie thinks that mental illness is hilarious. Yeah. Um, I read a little bit of criticism of this film um, in the five minutes between us watching the movie and us sitting down to record. Um, people don't like this movie. I don't know why they would. I don't know either. Um, Robin Williams is such a likable person. He is incredibly talented and and fun and funny. Um, so I think they took a really interesting story, um, mistreated it a little bit, and kind of let Robin Williams do his thing. And that's kind of my impression is it's a backdrop for him to just be Robin Williams. And it's reminiscent of, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jerry Lewis. You know who that is? I do, but only because I looked him up because of this podcast. Really? He was in, um, they did a cameo of him in the Animaniacs movie that we watched and I didn't know who he was. Oh, because of this podcast. I thought you meant this episode. Okay. Uh, Yeah. No, no, no. no. Uh, I do recall that now. Yeah. Yeah. so Jerry Lewis um, made a film, and I don't, I, I can't re- remember if it actually got released or not, because um, it's pretty controversial. It's him entertaining mm-hmm. Jewish kids that were captured by the Nazis in mm-hmm. this film, and it's kind of like the same idea where he's helping in some way, even though it's this perverse it's kind of terrible behavior. situation. Yeah. It's a very strange thing to do. Even in this movie, I, you know, from the jump, it, I thought it was weird that Robin Williams is doing this stuff. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know when to bring this up in the podcast, so I'm just going to launch into it. Manic Pixie Dream Girl was a big thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. And it's this cute, like, Elizabeth Town, every role that Sandra Bullock had pre-2005, um, very uh, giddy, bubbly, bizarre, you never know what she's going to do next character. And it simply doesn't translate into the white male persona. And I'm not, I'm not saying that because I'm hating on the white males. Calm down. Okay, calm down. I'm saying that because you... Are you talking to me? Just in general, the people. <laughs> guys, I mean, if you're listening the to people, this, I'm cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> she's, she really, you're I hope cool. she's not talking to me. I'm saying in general, y'all I'm be cool. Like, chill. Okay. <laughs> cool. It just doesn't translate well when it's a guy doing it. And I was thinking about this all the way through the movie. I don't ever want to see a guy doing it. I, I don't really either, but here we are. <laughs> Whoa, that makes our relationship very complicated. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out what is it about a man playing the role of the manic pixie dream guy um, that just comes across as creepy, uncertain, terrifying. Okay. What is it? So I think this is more of a fascination with what you mentioned, which is his likability mm-hmm. and in in the in this era in these moments he is very popular and um robin it, williams it, yes i'm yeah. sorry okay um so i think as we mentioned this is just kind of a backdrop for him to 
try dip his toes into drama as well you know but also yeah. be a funny guy and do his thing so i <laughs> but you never it's I, I don't know if it's as much manic pixie as it is just let robin williams do his thing and now it's mm. cringy for us in retrospect in the moments i like even if i had seen this at the time mm-hmm. um i don't think that I would have seen the creepiness of it, but now that I know so much more about him and it's just all sad in general, like the, the hindsight really makes this a different uh, performance. It really does. I think in a weird way, of course he's not playing himself, but he is definitely playing a part of himself and it adds this other layer of, I don't know, deeper meaning or deeper sadness. I think the whole idea of just humor throughout life and, you know, encouraging humor to be throughout your world is very much him. So, yeah, yeah, I think it resonates with his whole vibe for sure. Or like finding the humor and everything. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's go ahead and launch into the actual movie because I want to just. We're already talking about it. I just want to explain to you like how different this movie was for me as a kid as to like what it is now. So we get to the mental facility, um, and in my mind, they were in jail. Yeah. When I'm a little kid, I think that they're in jail, and I feel like that says a lot about um, medical institutions. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know how familiar you are with Sesame Street, but he is in a cell with Mr. Noodle. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah. One of the Mr. Noodles, right? One of, yes. One of the if Mr. Noodles. you have kids, Noodles. you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Exactly. It, and if you don't know Mr. Noodle, please look it up because it sounds very crazy if I'm just saying that and you have no idea who Mr. Noodle is. <laughs> um, he's, you kind of don't want to know, but yeah, go ahead. He's always uh, silent. He always does the role. We don't need to describe this. Quietly. No, so it was just bizarre to me when I was watching this as a kid. Like, he actually can talk? What? That's crazy. And I thought that um, they have this whole battle scene. Oh, I forget. You're young enough to where you were tiny seeing Mr. Noodle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I am five or six watching Elmo right now in this moment. Good Lord. Hello. You look so old for five. (laughs) We were at the movies the other day. We talk about this a lot on the podcast. There is an age difference between Ryan and I. Um, nothing major, but there is an age well, difference. Apparently, it's massive between the five. two of us. And we, <laughs> between five, definitely. But we went to the movie theaters the other day and um, we got a beer before going into the movie. And uh, the lady, I guess, only read the date on your ID. So she thought that we were both the same oh, age. Oh, you're and talking about said, that lady. Yes, and she said we look really good for her age. She said, y'all old. <laughs> yeah. She said, you're not, but I you're old. I just remember she's the like, compliment. She's like, we're the same age, uh-huh. and y'all look good. So I was like, thank you. And then she felt terrible and started like apologizing. I said, like, no, I understood what you're talking this about. You're very all nice. good. Like, but thank yeah, you, for real. I look terrible for five, but great for 40. I'll take it. Yeah. No, I felt terrible because she, she felt like she. I don't know. We if we anyway. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. But um, they have this fight scene with the squirrels that Mr. Noodle is seeing. Um, can we not call him? Because every time you say Mr. Noodle, I want to do the voice. It's 
and I don't want to do the voice today. Not I don't want to do it at the all. The elbow voice? Yes, when he says it's it's like one of the most ridiculous things about Sesame Street to me. There it really is. I'm compelled anytime I hear the name, I just want to do it because he it almost sounds like an fucking idiot when he says it. <laughs> That's pretty, the whole point of Elmo is to sound like an idiot. Is that the purpose? Yes. Okay, he's Rudy in the movie. I will call him That's Rudy. Okay. That's okay. That's fine. Um, he is such a small character. We can move on from this guy. No, okay, so he has a fight scene with the squirrels, and I was just going to uh, say I thought the squirrels were really there. Huh? Okay? When you were a kid. When I was a little kid watching it. So that whole scene is so funny <laughs> to me when I'm five, right? Wow. Yeah, this would be a fucking it was weird, weird movie to watch as a kid, I guess. Very. Um, But I guess any movie could be, I don't, being, is being a child just like, being on um uh, like LSD all the time or something is it, I don't know. I mean, you definitely it seems like like you're hallucinating. In, you see the world in this like bright, colorful way. So maybe, but in nothing, a lot of things don't make sense. Yeah, but you're okay with it. You have to be. Yeah. What what choice do you have? Because you know you know so little. Yeah. So you just gotta you go so with little. it. Because you're so little, you know so little. Because you're so little. Um, and then he says, uh, blah, blah, blah. Robin Williams goes, uh, bazooka. And Rudy repeats, a bazooka. And I thought he meant the bubble gum. That's all I'm going to say. Oh like, God. that's how warped my, my view of this was as a kid. I feel like I've defended my position <laughs> as to why I'm bringing this movie if to our podcast. <laughs> If you have not seen this movie, um, Kaylee is talking about a pretty short scene. Now, it's, it's powerful teeny. because it sets yeah. up something pretty major. But yeah. um, you have now told me that <laughs> two major discrepancies have happened like instantly in the shortest period of time, like the shortest scene we have almost. I, and it happens throughout the movie. I remember the whole entire thing so differently. I am just using this as an That's example. Fun. That's really fun. See, I, <laughs> I, I love that experience. And it's uh, obviously you like it more than you thought you did, um, hopefully, uh, when these types of things are happening. But um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Let's see. just say, mm -hmm. and I believe it's that scene, it's basically a mental episode. Yeah. Um, and which uh, of which there are several, I think, in this facility yeah. Yeah. Uh, early on. Um, but there's just amusement park music going on throughout this whole f fucking movie. But uh, yeah, in these scenes, it is so out of line and tries to make this digestible in a way that just makes it like really uncomfortable. It's all. Have you seen the movie Simon Birch? No, but that sounds like a thing. Okay, it's a Jim Carrey movie. Oh, um, yeah. Weird. Yeah, kind of in the same vein a little bit. It's based off of one of my favorite books. Um, it's nothing like the book. And this is nothing like this man's actual life. I wouldn't imagine exactly. it is at all. Um, I mean, come on. This shit's crazy. But it's that um, late 90s Disney um, Billy coming home music. And it's nauseating. It felt like I was walking through Universal Studios or something. I mean, it was just, it's, it's whimsical. No, it feels like the um, the commercials for purchasing gold. 
<laughs> like over the phone. <laughs> it's like that kind of music. It's ridiculous sounding. The only time it stops is when he's talking to the homegirl, which yeah. he hits on this woman. All right. So he's already late in life going to medical school. Mm -hmm. He decides um, in the mental institution uh, because he's inspired by the people there, the actual patients there. Right. And, uh, and then he's in the school and he almost instantly starts hitting on the one woman really in yeah. his class. She mentions she is one of eight out of a hundred men on campus, on campus. Yeah. or in the class. In that program. Yeah. yeah. Not yet. Um, I hear where she is coming from. Like she does not have time to fuck around. It is the late nineties and she is a woman trying to make her way in the medical field. But it's not the late nineties in this movie, is it? No, I think it's um, late eighties, like, early nineties. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think. Well, we get some information later in the movie too about her um, that makes that, even more important that he's just right out the gate and he's pretty much a dick about it at first he calls her bitchy he yes. makes cat noises at her yeah. um i mean he's like nailing it when he's like uh i like you even though i and i do know sorry not even though it's like mm -hmm. and i do know who you are you're cold or mean or whatever he didn't have to go to the bitchy he had already used proper terminology oh and then he when hits her with the bitchy. um he says that he likes her yeah um and she doesn't immediately re respond with something very negative yeah because she doesn't want to be mean and it, it, well, she says yeah maybe i'm not trying to be mean mm -hmm. uh and he was like no you are mean and blah 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 <laughs> yeah. and so i was digging it until he said the word bitchy and it's like we don't have to gender far. this yeah just too far yeah she's a determined person and that is an okay quality i feel i really like her i really like I, her too. i love this character and mm -hmm. and okay so a uh, common theme that we have here is who's likable um clearly the kids the oh my god yeah the kids he starts fucking around making these kids laugh and i get it mm -hmm. i get why that's a nice thing and an inspiring thing kids need that but as a parent, you start to wonder about people like that. <laughs> you do. Okay, so this is a fun um, fact. My kindergarten teacher was a man, and that's very uncommon. And my parents were very Was uncommon. he a cop, too? He was not. Oh. Um, no, Arnold Schwarzenegger was not my kindergarten that teacher. That would have been so neat. Let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> he was not. Um, no, my parents were really uncomfortable about it. Whoa. And I didn't understand why at the time. Um, and he was great. Um, I've talked with him since kindergarten. Was he Tony the Tiger? Uh, no. Oh. He was not. Um, yeah, I did like a student teacher program with him. He's a really wonderful person and reminds me a lot of this character, but without any of the creepiness. And <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how, how to nicely put that. So you took the Tony the Tiger great. <laughs> and I mean, creepiness. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tony. Creepy. I'm sorry. Um, I get it, and I don't. I don't know. He doesn't have... I don't know how to put this. It's so fun watching him when he's interacting with the kids. Yeah. And then it's so bizarre when he is interacting in the same manner with the adults. 
I think it's kind of weird both ways. Um, one of the neat things they do, though, I'm all about the neat tonight. The neat. Uh, is they have two new roommate scenes in this for him. He's got a new roommate when he goes to the uh, mental facility. Yeah. And then Rudy. he's got the new roommate at school. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Hoffmore Seaman. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. He has two of these. I got to, you know, bunk up with a uh, new person scenes, which mm -hmm. are usually pretty important scenes in movies. And they double up on it. Uh, this is why I can tell this is fake. Um, yeah. There are too many perfect foils. And right. that's such a common trait with movies from like the 98 in around that time period. Um, the writing is too perfect and it bugs me. It's Forrest Gumpy. Yeah. You have, uh, Truman, the really nice guy who, um, he meets the other classmate, um, who's uh, concerned with human behavior, but he is too inside of his shell and that perfectly fits, uh, with Patch Adams, Henry, or Hunter motif Hunter Adams I'm motif do the opposite of the movie because every time somebody calls him Hunter he says bitch 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 <laughs> um it perfectly fits with his whole thing getting people out of their shell and um exploring what it is to be human and then you have Rudy and Philip Seymour Hoffman you have Rudy who is stuck in like a, a, a state of arrested development and then you have Philip Seymour Hoffman who is like the refined highly educated man yeah he's the stuffy dude and I don't like it there are too many perfect foils and then the uh, the woman lead is reduced to a conquest she is described as bitchy and catty but patch adams for some reason keeps chasing after her because she is a conquest right and she becomes the victory of the movie until of course we get to the end and and that kind of flips oh, it boy. on its head this, a little god damn yeah so yeah i mean the i'm not making any sense because i i i fully agree with you um I do, th I do think that they give her some respect. I think him wanting her to be involved in everything is an, a level of respect for the character. Um, but he, she, she also doesn't value him at all until she sees his grades. Um, and all this is euphemistic. I mean, come on, guys. We all know what's going on here. She got to see them grades. He got that 9.8. She got another brain. <laughs> I mean, he got a 98. I'm sorry. She got another brain. <laughs> no, she sees his grades posted on the wall and then um, starts giving him attention. That's fucked up. He has zero value to her until he has proven himself um, through his intelligence. They never discuss, speaking of age difference, they mm. never discuss the age difference here, do they? Well, there's not one in the actual story. The he, real life, you yeah, mean? Yeah, he graduates IRL. Um, he meets his fiancé at VCU Medical Center. I went to VCU for a little bit, y'all. What up? Um, and he's 26. 
and they wanted robin williams to play this part so they had to explain the age difference and write it into the script gorgeous so he was not that much older no in for real life no i got you no 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 um i also can't find any and, and i mean like I've only done a little bit of research on this, so I don't know if this is definitively true or not. But the whole part, let's just do it. When she dies, um, that's They not... kill her, y'all. They kill her. They kill her. <laughs> it's motherfucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought for sure she was going to be sick, injured. You know, it, it was going to be hard. It was mm-hmm. going to be difficult and, and scary, maybe critical condition or something. But no gone yeah that's not the true story okay what what happens that makes me so mad um her name isn't corinne it's linda and they get divorced that's it did they get married they did no (laughs) no they are betrothed so but they are not married old patch right oh this was like an icy hot situation (laughs) what because where did he get the nickname patch oh from patching the cup no because he's like an icy hot oh my god and he's hot at first and then he gets real cold today's episode is sponsored by icy hot hey this is shack (laughs) i was about to say we're coming for you jeff shack move over butter butter move over butter (laughs) there's a um butter company in the 80s, I believe, early 90s. Move over, butter. Is or it? Move over. <laughs> is it? Can't believe it's not butter? <laughs> no, it was is literally that... called Move Over Butter. And they had a and commercial. And it's not actually butter? Oh, maybe it was margarine. It probably was margarine. Yeah, because Move Over Butter. That yeah, means makes sense. it's not butter. It makes sense. Move over me, it's me. <laughs> butter. <laughs> Well, we've spoiled the whole movie. We have. Um, I can't. Uh, there's not a lot. I mean, it's kind of a um, Animal House situation with him and the Dean where he's fucking around and doing things he's not supposed to do and getting in trouble all the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff at play. I mean, there's even some kind of um, Grey's Anatomy ER kind of stuff going some sometimes uh, more Grey's Anatomy than ER. But um it really did make me wonder the whole time mm-hmm. what's real and what's not real. Right. It's so perfect that it cannot possibly be real. This whole like back and forth with the Dean. The Dean is very like by the books and just doesn't like Patch Adams. You couldn't imagine somebody could fuck around so much. Right. And still, and still graduate still and get away with all of it. Yeah. He, he buys or he uh-huh. has a cabin. That he just treats people in. And that part's real. And it must have been because yeah. it's too outrageous to not be real. Um, and, and the more I thought about it, though, they're probably not doing major medicine stuff there. I mean, they really had limited supplies. So the stuff they were doing was more akin to calming fevers and treating mental health at an right. early stage or at least, you know, guiding people in the right direction, you know, assessing the situation as it were. Um, I don't think they were practicing as he puts it, mm-hmm. um, 
true medicine. The way it was being defined by the guys that were judging him. Right, 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 right. And I don't want to say true medicine because, you know, putting a cast on somebody, that's that's medical attention. But it's not um, prescribing. But you could do it for silly reasons, too. Do what for silly? I could put a cast on you for silly reasons. Why would you do that? Pranks. That's... You've seen Jackass. I unfortunately. <laughs> so I'm just saying, um, <laughs> things that are known as common medical practices mm-hmm. could be used as practices. I kind of did expect more of a Animal House type thing. Um, I expected more... Adams, yes, <laughs> I expected more pranks. I wanted to be pranked, and I was not pranked. Um, all we get are balloons. Um, and lots of them, man. I kind of want to talk about the animal balloon scene. There are a lot of balloons now that you mention it. It's a lot. They they were like, hmm, what do clowns have? Oh, uh, yes, red, red noses. noses. Gotta have that. Big shoes. Squeakier the better. Uh, and balloons. And well, they just went for those three and yeah. hit them real hard. <laughs> they sure did. <laughs> they sure did. In some cases with uh, rubber bands. That's the scene I want to talk about. Um, they helped this guy who is terminal. I'm not I'm not totally 305? sure. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, not you're talking 305. about the older guy. Yeah, I yeah. Am. With the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they helped this guy relive his safari trip. Gross. Yeah. Um, and we talked a lot about that in our Hatari episode. I don't oh, feel like we it was need to... crazy though, man. He uh, he is sleeping, mm-hmm. and they walk right up in there. They put a gun in this man's hand. Yeah, load him up with the gun, mm-hmm. you know, in his hand, and then wake his old ass up, like aggressively, <laughs> so he can shoot animal balloons, as if he's gonna know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't know. It seemed like, I would it seemed be like dangerous practice to me. This is why I have a problem with this, because inherently I get it. Let's improve the quality of life. Mm-hmm. Fully support that. But as we mentioned while we were watching it, television does exist. People can choose what they like to laugh at. You don't have to have some creepazoid that could potentially be some, uh, like, have some wrong intention, potentially. I mean, you never know. Right. You never know. The options there are extensive he seems to have free reign over a medical facility to some extent the dean gets involved and is like yo don't do that um i'm gonna kick you out of school what a great move um what a great move hey don't do that hey don't do that man nah um but instead he just kind of has like free reign to do whatever he wants take medical supplies and and create mayhem um and Part of me wants to be like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's awesome. You Let's... know what it reminds hmm. me of? Also, hmm. that documentary about the British dude, Jimmy. Um... Oh, the really um, scary yeah. guy who just kind of like pretended. Jimmy Seville. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of him because he, he would spend a lot of time at the hospitals just as a volunteer. And that's what he's doing. That's what Patch Adams is doing. Yeah. And we know how it turned out in that situation. We don't need to get into it. Audience, if you don't know Jimmy mm-hmm. Seville, there's a pretty, um, it's actually an amazing documentary, um, but it is about a very difficult subject. Um, 
See, but I'm... he is doing a, a comparable thing where he's volunteering, trying to cheer up people. He's an entertainer. So mm -hmm. really, that's his in, his premise of being there is I can serve these people in a way that your average um, medical health professional couldn't. Right, right. Um, and then he took advantage. I thought you were going to lean more into the pretending thing where he's like putting on a character. When, also that. Um, also Robin that. Williams and his classmate... Um, go to the meet uh, conference. Yeah, they stumble upon. Yeah, because they're fucking around. Um, he's trying to teach the guy about his method in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of, and, and part of it is being kind of in the moment and going with the flow and they stumble upon this seminar. Yeah, and taking in like human responses. Yeah. Um, oh, that yeah, that's right. Because yes. they're trying to engage people. That's right. Yeah. Um, so they end up going into the meat conference and they just act like they belong to the point where they start making a speech um, to the meat people. And it's all very funny, uh, but it's also pretending in a way that's kind of nefarious. Yes. Um, it's I, sociopathic, right? I yeah. Mean, he's borderline. That's yeah. very least. He's putting on a character in order to make fun of a large group of people that I personally feel like should be made fun of. But that's my personal belief. <laughs> I don't think that it is inherently OK. Yeah. Many awkward and maybe inappropriate things are done under the um, guise of research. Yeah. And from this, he gets a lab coat, which allows him to go into the hospital. Oh, that's, you know. That was really jarring because he says, you know what this looks like to his homeboy, mm -hmm. um, third year medical students. So then they cut to them walking in a class of third year medical students in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, they just cut, you know, snapped. two, three years yeah. later. Right. Great. Right. Very good. No, <laughs> they're still right now. No. It didn't even make sense. Like the editing really messed with my brain. And I did enjoy That's why like later when they do cut to the third year, they tell you. They like put yeah. that on the screen. They're like right. three years later yeah. or like third year of college. Yeah. Um, There are moments that I really enjoy. And that scene where they um, sneak in with the third years is one of them. He They're talking over this woman um, who has diabetes and she's going to need amputations. It's like really, really sad. Um, and they're just talking over her and, uh, do you think she knows all that? Not engaging with her already. Or is that news to her in that moment? I think it's news to her in that moment. Her it seems expression, like they're playing it to be that way. Yeah. yeah. Her expression is giving me surprise. Yeah. Um, and then Robin Williams pipes up and he goes, yeah, question. What is her name? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. Well, I love that. because the movie frames it as such. But yeah. now let's just zoom out just a little bit or just change the angle. Mm -hmm. This could be construed as like, this is creepy as shit. Why do you want to know my name? Yeah, I see. Know? Okay. Okay. So is it now we don't want to get too personal with patients because we might come across as creepy? Yeah. It's, it's not it's just pretty, because... It's pretty easy to feel like you're being uh, like somebody's coming on to you, particularly in that direction. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's easy to feel that way or to see it that way in mm -hmm. that direction. I mean, this is a man and there's a vulnerable woman here. Yeah. So the, the movie frames it really well as a fun or a sympathetic moment. Mm -hmm. But it really could be construed 
if 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 I was one of the people around him, one of the students, I'm thinking none of us here. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to his credit, he's being more sympathetic, but it's just not the vibe. It's just it, it, read the goddamn room. It's weird because I have a very personal example of how this affected me in one visit to the hospital. I had somebody who was too personal with me while yeah. I was going through like a, a major medical crisis. Yeah. And then I had another person who was just personal enough mm-hmm. to the point where she gave me information that she was not supposed to give me. The doctor was supposed to come well, in and give me. And she's like, I see you're freaking out. I'm just going to let you know everything's fine. Right. But I didn't tell you that. Still act surprised when the doctor comes and in. And who were the two most comforting people there? The two professionals. They were two actual professionals. Yes. With experience in the field. One of them. In the place we were supposed to be. One of them, however, was dressed as a professional, but was not a medical professional in that sense. She was a dentist and she uh, gave me very poor advice. So it really uh, drives home the fact that non professional people who have not actually gone to school should not be practicing and medicine. that's what's going on here is this yes. guy kind of appears to be something he's not to these people and that's the danger for me um he's it, wearing the coat yeah it's awkward throughout the movie because of that it is yeah, yeah. And, and i mean that's a very personal example that i'm giving other people are going to feel very differently about this that's okay but i feel like when we are um when we have decided for our our bodies that we are going to go into a medical facility you can't we decide are... anything for your body by the way i can't you're not allowed i'm not allowed because because i'm a woman <laughs> not to get too political here I cannot. but you, we all know um, and we know <laughs> thanks ryan thank you for the reminder um no when we choose that for our bodies it is best for us to enter a medical facility we hope that all of the people we are going to come into contact with are going to be professionals, are going to be uh, people who have studied, um, people who have experience. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and in this movie, that's that's simply not the case. And it's presented as this very positive thing. Um, and there are some positive elements to it. But like I said, when we were watching just the initial scenes of um he he's outside of the training which needs to be strict and it has to maintain some sort of integrity integrity um so that people can trust in the system i mean otherwise why even bother educating these people just let them come up with their wacky ass theories about what heals people that's what happens in non-medical fields all the time um i love holistic medicine but a lot of it is just wacky nonsense oh my god how many times a day do i get like spam texts that are like a new fabulous diet pill right so it's just it can go it can spiral out of control so he is introducing um humanistic elements uh that are very important to this field but um he's also Stuff like this where it's idealized um, versions of the job. So um, in my job, I could provide like levels of service that would be outrageous, right? Mm -hmm. I'd have to charge crazy amounts to justify it or wear myself out to the extent of like it not being worth it in any way. Like I would damage myself to do that. So 
that's the other mania of all of this. And um, so they, they do put him on trial. Like they're, they're going to kick him out. Finally, mm -hmm. finally. Um, he throws away a myriad of clown noses. There is just a suitcase that he opens Rapture up. Marks yeah. glasses. They're, they're all different shapes and sizes. Some of some have nostrils where he can breathe out of. Some mm -hmm. are just like the straight up what were anal suction thing or something. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. What do we call it? A it's it an enema bulb. Enema bulb. Mm -hmm. Anal suction thing. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, good job. I got the point. This is why Ryan's not in the medical field. <laughs> hey. Let me go grab the anal suction thing real quick. Yeah. But he uh, has to do this weird ass thing um, <laughs> with all of his stuff. And then he makes an impassioned speech before the uh, panel. And it's an, it's not a bad scene. It's one of the better scenes, I think. I hate it. Really? Um, it, it's very... And I don't know if Dead Poets Society comes out before or after this. After, I believe. Yes. Uh, okay. It's, this is him dabbling in drama. That's the scene. Yeah. You know? that That is the scene. And it's so fake. It's... um, It's a really poor version of the emphatic plea at the end of To Kill a Mockingbird. Um... And it's presented as a true story, but it is so saccharine that it takes me out of the whole entire scene. Well, I'll tell you what takes me out of the scene. Mm -hmm. The whole damn thing looking like it's in 1850 or something. Like, I know, right? The fuck yeah. Is this courtroom? <laughs> well, I mean, it is Virginia. And we, we do have, do a, have ton a lot of, of those buildings. Rooms. Yeah, uh -huh. that's true. It does. It, it, yeah, damn, I forgot. I mean, it, if you just went downtown, yeah, it's kind of well, not the one they have now, but whatever. Um, yeah, little tiny rural court, rural courtroom, rural, rural courtroom. Rural, 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 rural. It looks Full a lot rural like rural. a church in my hometown. Yes, they they look like churches. Um, but he wins them over, and he's fine. They let him graduate, and then he graduates with his ass out. Yeah, no. He walks up, it's and everybody. Indecency. The the dean is like, "Oh yeah, thanks for finally fucking playing the with the rules." Yeah. No, he didn't. He never did. No, never, never. And and guess what? That's Look at his point. ass now. Um, I think the world just really needed to see Robin Williams' ass. Okay, and, well, you were saying the whole time he could get, uh, he could lose. He could lose his medical license for public right, indecency. Like just that right there. But could also, cause him to lose um. I don't know if every college does this, but the college I went to, um, they have this whole big speech like, hey, if you do anything ridiculous at graduation, we will not give you your diploma and you will not graduate. Right. Um, if you make a public display, you will not finish school. We'll give you the paper and it'll be all ceremonious, but you will not get the actual diploma. Well, Kaylee, he's already made the point. He's going to be a thorn in your side. Whether you let him graduate or not. Forever. So let it go. Uh -huh. This is madness, right? A little bit. Nobody gets away with this shit. No. It just doesn't um, happen. I think we all have to be litigious at some point. We, to some extent, have to follow the rules in order to change the rules. Uh, that, I mean, it works all kinds of ways. There's no one right way to do anything. No. He still graduates from... A medical school. It's not like he went to Babette's house of uh, 
medicine, he went to an actual medical school and graduated. He did follow the rules to some extent. Um, sure, but and, and I didn't mean to say there's one, no. There is sometimes one right way to do stuff. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, like living your life, choices like that. Um, the bigger decisions we have in the way we live our lives. There's no one right way to live. So um, I understand he took an alternate path to get there. It's just like, it doesn't seem like uh, that's a roll of the dice. This man got lucky as hell. Yeah. And I can't say that the medical system has changed for the better because of this movie or yeah. when, when would things have changed anyway? I don't know. I don't what know. Year um, would this have changed? <laughs> I have no idea. That moment where there's uh, a woman crying because her spouse has died in a drunk driving accident and her oh, kid yeah. is about to die, most likely, and they're asking her to fill out paperwork. That hit It's still hard. true. So, you know. It's still such. So I've great experienced point raised, this. But yeah, yeah. Right? I, I have. You have been through this with me. Like, it is terrible yep. and it sucks and, and um when patch adams says that um the medical system wants this woman to spend the last moments of her daughter's life filling out medical paperwork um it hurt but also it hurt more because this movie did nothing in the way of changing that. Well, the movie wouldn't have done anything. Anyway. And it ultimately ended up hurting the family that it was based off of. Yeah. It was pretty freaking terrible. Um, I read a little bit about, you know, whether or not he got paid for it. Um, the actual Patch Adams, absolutely no money went to his foundation. Um and he was not compensated for it. So that just hurts. He says that his children um, read articles about the movie and thought that um, he had lied about his life and that the movie was the reality. And that's simply not the case. So the actual guy hates this movie. <laughs> that really says something. Wow. Yeah. It's the extra stuff, you know? I can't, I mean, it's so outside of anybody's reality other than Robin Williams. Yeah. This is like an alternate, I mean, we're we're in the midst of the multiverse monsoon here in Mediaverse, oh. uh, in Medialand. Uh, you cannot escape multiversism, and I do agree with it in many cases, but most cases not. Um, but this is kind of like, yeah, an alternate life for him, for, for Robin, Robin Williams. Williams. Yeah, mm. it's not really anybody else's life at all because nobody else fucking acts like this. And this man is high as shit throughout this movie. You can see it. Oh, like the actor? In is? half the scenes, you can see him. And not half. I mean, there are many oh. scenes, I'll say, that... And I hate to besmirch the man. He's gone, and I love him, but... Um, I found out a lot of this stuff after he died that, you know, I, I never really considered this stuff growing up watching him. I didn't know how, you know, people acted when they were on that stuff e either. So, um, I have a sense of when people are on that shit and he is on that shit in this movie. Wow. Okay. For sure. Interesting. It's weird. I just haven't been around a lot of people on Coke, I guess. Like, I don't... I and don't I'm know. not mad at him for it. I'm just no. saying, like, it it 
does something to um, the experience when you know the guy. Because I can't imagine wanting to be coked up acting. <laughs> you can, I don't know, this can go both ways. I appreciate uh, Frankenstein so much more because I know about Mary Shelley. It's, this is the opposite of that. It's so painful to watch Robin Williams movies now that so much has come out about him and about his life struggles. Yeah. Um, and and you just wonder, like, what parts of this are a cry for help? What parts of this are based yeah. off of his own experiences? What is he bringing into this character? Yeah. It is adding a whole new layer to watching these movies. And, um, if, and I don't think for the better... Maybe occasionally, but I I think ultimately it makes it more either painful mm -hmm. or um you scrutinize it, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about with you know him, um possibly would, being high and stuff. It's like I would love to just enjoy Harry Potter without knowing anything about J.K. Rowling. Like that would be awesome. But now that I know that she is a raging transphobe, um I cannot help but read the stories with that lens um and it completely ruins the story for me um and and that's not to say that robin williams is a raging transphobe to my knowledge uh, he was not and that's awesome um but the personal life when it comes out it does affect the way that you view something and it's definitely affected the way that i view this movie not that I feel like I watched this movie for the first time ever tonight because it was so different than what I remember it being. Um, the only things that really stood out to me when I was a kid was, of course, the squirrel scene because I thought it was actually happening and the legs um, that the visiting gynecologists walk through. We didn't talk about the legs. Oh, my God. So funny. Oh, they um, have... Um... Some, yeah, like you said, visiting gynecologists. And I don't want to get into like why I knew what a gynecologist was at that age. But like, you know, uh, I grew up a girl and I knew what a gynecologist was. I don't think I would have known. So the fact that he is, he set this whole thing up so the gynecologist walk through a woman with her legs up in stirrups. Yeah, it, they're paper mache, massive paper mache legs. It's crazy looking. It's one of the best parts of the um, movie. Yeah, it, it's it's really really fun, and the legs are like up in stirrups. It's so perfect, and it's really like uh, this is a very uncomfortable moment for women, and I think Patch Adams' character sees that it's a very uncomfortable moment for women so maybe we can have a little fun and make the gynecologist feel very He's uncomfortable. He's trying to have fun with everything. Exactly. So it's yeah. Pop, of course. All right, man. Uh I got to ask you. Okay. So, or we got to ask each other some questions. We I do. Think. You know what, Ryan, in this movie that I have watched for the first time tonight, um what was your favorite? That what you've watched for the first time tonight? <laughs> that I have watched for the first time tonight. Um, what is your highlight from the movie? All right. Um, the, the dude patches the damn cup at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the first scenes of the movie. Really? The guy's coffee cup is leaking, which is ne I've never seen anything like that happen. Me either. But I've also never seen anybody fix it. Patch yeah. 
patch. Usually you just go get another cup. Right. You but put, he patches the cup. What usually happens is you put your bad cup inside of a good cup. We never get any. And then any, you have two cups. Yes. But we never get any explanation for why he's so insistent on being called Patch. I don't know. But I have I have to believe mm-hmm. that's why. It's because of a cup. Yep. In, in the, uh, what do you call it? The facility at the mental institution, mm-hmm. they are referring to him as Patch now because he patched up that cup. Yeah. Your whole entire persona is changed in two seconds. Could be. That's cool, though. For anybody, I right? kind of like that. Yeah. It's like uh, the turning moment for a character. Yeah, we've been talking about how just impressions can can affect everything. Oh, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day uh, just about what people remember about us and like, you know, being anxious people, uh, she and I, uh, we worry about what people remember or think about us a lot. Oh, and, yeah. Um, okay. But it's like literally you'll have a conversation, as she was saying, uh, with somebody kind of going through a, a situation that you remember completely differently. And yes. it's like you worried about that moment. And meanwhile, this person didn't think about whatever you were worried about at all. God damn it. This is the motif of my life right now. I got um, a an official invitation to my 10-year high school reunion. Um, and it has absorbed all of my thought for the past, like, three days. Um, and the only reason I can think to go is to... Um, hear other people talk about experiences that I went through and just confer like did this really happen like a lot of crazy shit happened at my high school our principal got fired because he was cheating on his wife with the vice principal Um, our theater director got fired because of some other stuff that I don't want to talk about Um, one of my classmates um uh, hooked up with one of the teachers and he got fired because of that. Another teacher went to jail because he ripped a guy's ear off because he was a nighttime DJ. Um, and, and some guy came he ripped up. ripped his ear off because he was a nighttime <laughs> because DJ? Because he was a nighttime DJ. Some guy, drunk, went up to his booth and apparently like spilled water or beer or something all over his stove and... The teacher got really mad about it and ripped a guy's Did you say off. his stove? His stove. His his workspace. His stove? His stove. <laughs> Excuse wait, what are we talking about? I'm talking right now? about like his DJ booth. <laughs> a guy came up with a beer. <laughs> No. Yeah, is that not what I okay. I'm like? Am I not allowed okay. to call it that? Is okay, no, please do. Okay. Please. <laughs> It's where he it cooks the like beets. You're making right? all of this up. I'm dead saying you can look up all of the. Well, no. now people can find my high school. You know what? Because what an amalgamation of shit. I appreciate you sharing. Thank you. But sharing is caring. I don't care. <laughs> like I don't think anybody gives a shit. It's a none cra- of that crazy, sounds that wild. It's a cra- exactly, but like it's a crazy amount of shit to have happened, and I just no. need like one other person to be like, "Yep, mm-hmm, that happened." Okay. Yes, all of those things. Um, yeah. That's well, all I really need. That is kind of okay. All right. Uh, I would say it's an interesting factor in the growing up and socializing uh, 
uh, thing, but um, ultimately, you know, not that satisfying. No, um, but definitely yeah, by all not. means, I understand the the curiosity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I can cover that in a couple of text messages, though. <laughs> you know. All right. Well, I got some low lights here. Wow, um, some multiple, some multiple low lights. Miss Meat, the meat speech, mm-hmm. the whole meat meetup. <laughs> the meat meetup is gross. It is. So fuck all that. Um. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Not with that. I totally forgot about that part, and like I do remember it being in there. Um. And and not that, you know, terrible, but you know, certainly not necessary. Not or ideal. Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um. But the, I'm biased there. I recognize that. Yeah. That's okay. Um. Any other lowlights? I hey man, I'm easy. All right. Cool, man. Like Sunday, Patch Adams morning. <laughs> Like Sunday brunch. I want to know mm-hmm. what is your highlight is. Okay. So my highlight is. All right, everybody. I'm happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Drug. All right, we watched the 1991 uh, music video by Metallica, uh, Enter Sandman. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah, I thought this was older, but it's 1991. I'm still, you know, a kid when I'm seeing this. Pretty crazy-ass imagery. Um, you were saying instantly that you had a problem watching it just because the flashing. And... I mean, the 80s really said fuck epilepsy right and i do not have that but still i now have a headache yeah oof but i kind of remember seeing this really young but i must have been like 10 and all i remember is how creepy it was with the old dude yeah and the the prayer in it oh and um i i if you haven't been listening um you may not know that i hated rock and roll music for the most part, growing up. Um, mm-hmm. This was one of the reasons I did. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, this one really fucked me up, but I still would watch it. Because it was scary or because it was religious? I think subconsciously you know that you're, you know, you're drawn to these things because it's, it is edgy. It is something progressive in some way. Mm, um, okay. And this video is at the time. I mean, people like just Madonna. demonize this band as like Satan worshiping music and all this kind of shit. And really, it's just rock and roll music. These guys are exploring dark themes. I mean, what's wrong with that? Uh, books do it all the time. Why can't music do that? Um, but either way, I can't say that I love it, but mm-hmm. it is super uh, burned into my memory. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I will never forget this video. It just, it actually caused nightmares probably for me because wow. it just really was that thought provoking, I guess, but in a dark way. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Well, uh, yeah, I've heard this song uh, a dozen or so times, mm-hmm. um, but I've never seen this music video. Um, This is my best friend's favorite song. I don't know if it's still her favorite song, but it was when she was a kid. Um, 
So I have heard this a lot. Uh, I learned how to play it on ukulele so I could mock said best friend <laughs> for <laughs> liking this song so much. Um, yeah, uh, my dad is really big into Metallica. I know a lot about them. I think they're very talented. I think it's incredible. I don't know if this is still true, but they were the only band to play on all seven continents. I think that says something about their talent and who they are. Well, that's just because they were willing to go to uh, Antarctica. Antarctica. Yeah. yeah, Antarctica. Is there a T in there? Antarctica? Yeah. Antarctica or it's Antarctica? Antar it's Antarctica. Ant oh, I got it right. Okay, Antarctica. That's it, Antarctica. Bam. Um, <laughs> they were the only ones willing to go. Um, nobody else would. But I, it says something about how talented they are or how big their fan base is. Cool um, band. I, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to shit on Metallica in any way, but um, certainly not. And people aren't going to like this, but not my favorite era of Metallica. Um, Whoa. The stuff that was coming out from a rock standpoint until Nirvana hit. Um, and even when Nirvana hit, I didn't really love rock and roll that much. But um, shortly after that, and certainly closer to Cobain's death, I was kind of into all this stuff. And, and I shouldn't say all this stuff. I wasn't into Metallica still. Hmm. Um, I was into the changing of the guard, you know, uh, in the grunge shift from hair metal and metal metal to grunge. Grunge, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was cooler to me. Um, I think but, there's a big difference between like rock and metal, though, and and this is definitely metal. Well, it's crazy because Metallica's huge at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, these are pretty high production value videos for band for a band. Um, I would hope they're paying their team a lot because I feel so bad for the editing team here. I feel like they did all the work. It's just a bunch of. Yeah. Overlaid um, quick edits. It's it's really it's strange. It's very and... choppy. It's very flashy. Yeah. I don't um, think it holds up that well. No, definitely. <laughs> no, it just gives me a headache. Well, let's talk about our favorite parts and least favorite parts here. What's the highlight for you? Highlight for me, um, I've always felt like the lead singer kind of looks like Brendan Fraser. And this is the era cool. in which he looks the most like Brendan Fraser. Nice. Um, that's all I got. More Encino Man. Yeah, Fraser, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Um, low light? Uh, low light. The flashing is terrible. Yep. It's it's really, really bad. And I'm just trying to think of like this popping onto MTV and it's <laughs> all strobes and... Um, I, yeah, I wish I could recall what this was butted against, you know, like what, what else is in rotation? Who are with their this? peers at this point? Gosh, I mean, I'm sure Michael Jackson videos are all over at this time. Hmm. Uh, probably hammer. Um, I don't even know what that is. Well, you're gonna. Dang. Um, okay. There's a lot of different stuff happening. Paul Abdul potentially. Oh yeah. Her stuff can be kind of flashy. Mm. Uh, yeah. certainly Madonna. Very flashy. Definitely. So maybe it's just the era and I'm giving Metallica a hard time for it. Um, they, I mean, they were, as far as metal bands go, the only one really on MTV. Wow. Yeah. God, that really metal does bands. say something about like who they are and how talented they are. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Um, I think they definitely picked a lane and they, they um, I don't know, they really worked it. They know who they are, and that's cool. I support that. Um, yeah, strobes could could go. 
uh, um, I don't need that in my life. How about for you? What's your highlight? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I think, okay. So again, it's, it matches. So it is um, synergistic or in that way. It's, it's definitely, it, well, Synergy's not a real it's word. It's not. It's not. It's not appropriate here. Certainly, um, it does a good job at matching the sound with the visual, and I think oh, synchronizing. The, it's, sorry, it, yeah, the is synchronicity of it is uh, is nice uh, between music and and visual. Um, it definitely affected me as a child, um, and it felt like it went back, like it's been haunting me for a long time. So, uh, kudos to this for being disruptive to the brain, which I can't be mad at, um, because it just makes you think about stuff. Hmm. Interesting. It's still scary to you? Um, no, but I know why I can see why this would, you know, be uncomfortable for a kid potentially, yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't want our child to watch this. No, yeah. for many reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely the content. The fact that it is a little kid. Yeah. Um, what is your low light? The prayer in the middle of the song? I mean, <laughs> I, ugh. Ugh. Uh, okay. It, that is actually creeps me out more than anything. Is the Sandman the devil? I don't know. I don't know either. It definitely seems like somebody's about to kill you. Yeah, devil so, adjacent. Yeah, the spookiness of it, the the discomfort and the the prayer lead like opens the door for that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. But okay. good tactic by them. I mean, it, it actually worked out in their favor. Yeah, I mean, we see this with like Lil Nas X now. Like, okay, I uh, speaking as him, I already make people feel uncomfortable by being gay. Cool. Let's take it all the way. I am going to dance on the devil yeah if you're gonna do it like do it you know do it do it lean in <laughs> that that's the moral of the story lean in this is the case that they gave me well thank you for showing me this video you're welcome <laughs> it is part of you know music video history after all it is cheers to metallica thanks Ooh, guys Trug. Um, so my highlight is very different than um, the one I had as a kid. As a kid, I loved the squirrel scene. Now that's very scary to me. My highlight now is the whole speech that the asshole Dean gives at the beginning of the movie where he's talking about do no harm. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's so powerful and we just don't consider it enough. Um, when a patient comes to a doctor, the patient is at their most vulnerable state um and i feel like that is often not considered so it is the doctor's job to do no harm and and to help in any way possible that's that's the hippocratic oath that's their whole thing right and i feel like that falls in line with patch adams whole ideology the part where it differs though is this idea that man is inherently unhelpful that man inherently um has evolved to do harm um to take advantage when people are at their weakest i don't necessarily agree with that ideology i think that people are very capable of good 
You know, if somebody uh, collapses in the street, do people just walk around that person and continue on their way? Or do they stop and help that person? That's, this is a highlight explanation? This is a highlight explanation. I like the question that the speech poses. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by the thought, right? The I think question that the speech poses is we shouldn't be human anymore. Right? The Kind of. I see where you're going. My He literally says we have to remove the humanity and make you doctors. Right. My argument is that to be a doctor is to be human. And then... According to Snatch Grabums. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that philosophy. Um, when people come to us in their most vulnerable state, I would like to believe that the average person is... Yeah, I didn't able to help or willing to help i didn't care for him saying take the humanity out of being a doctor to me like that is adverse to um the real problem which is you know what he is uh, what adams is illuminating even if they're gonna die like you they just want to like be treated like people and yeah you know it's a bedside manner issue really um but it's hard because the job is stressful and and stuff so it's not easy they're people doing the job this is um utopian almost like his idea of the cabin where he's bringing all these people there's no way that's sustainable no definitely and it wasn't in reality um well that's not true they it still exists apparently no he's out in illinois now doing a free clinic yeah oh i'm sorry he did he developed something similar out there yes. that's, right. that's right yeah yeah word uh you got a low light i do um yeah the way that the female lead is treated in this movie is very upsetting and i feel like i've already kind of touched on it um she doesn't value anyone else until she sees their intelligence um and she is categorized as bitchy and they kill her catty <laughs> And I they mean, kill her. I mean, it's just, they, they do it dirty. The whole thing is just. It's awful. And it really just teaches, like, because this is presented as a true story, being based on a true story, you as the viewer immediately think, oh, my God, this actually happened. Like, I should not open myself up to help people <laughs> as a woman because what if, you know? Yeah. That's so terrifying. It's heartbreaking for her because in spite of everything you're saying about the treatment of the writing for her, it, you know, she's still likable. I still want her to yeah. achieve. Uh, I want her to achieve things and succeed. But um, especially they since just cut she it, like, is right crazy. one of eight women in her class. Yeah, uh, they I mean, they they break your heart with this character. It sucks. I felt played. You know, I felt played by the writing. Team. We didn't mention how he's like peeking behind the tree at the funeral. It was weird. <laughs> Everything's so odd about this. Like, if you take away all the Disney music, mm -hmm. um, just strip it all of, like, its movie fanciness and just make these real moments in real life and everybody's going to look at this as some bizarre behavior. And uh, he is not a likable character and he never gets these opportunities because of this. No. It's just too weird. So I would imagine it's just in real life so different. Um, and, you know, to your point, they don't even, she don't even die in the, in real life. Like they make this To my up. knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Word. All right. Well, uh, 
solid. Um, I think I needed to see this. Uh, it's it's kind of been around a long time. I've been aware of it for a very long time. Um, Robin Williams, while I do have some critical things to say about him, I you know I kind of miss him. Um, he was a, a very important character growing up for me. He was in everything. I mean, yeah. before I was even born, he was in everything. It seemed like he was in, um, you know, uh, Mork from Work is a popular character before I even exist. So, um, and I love that character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's weird how he starts, he's dabbling in some drama here in a um, Jerry Lewis-esque way. There are moments when other peers of Robin Williams dabble in drama i'm thinking of jim carrey and the mystique which i know you haven't seen yet um and then there are other moments where jim carrey does simon birch and it comes across like this yeah um just kind of a little ridiculous um with all of that having been said ryan um if i were to decide i needed to watch this movie again would you run away or would you make this bitch famous? Um, I've seen it once. I'm going to trot on away from this <laughs> Check. one. Check. Good job. You did it. Yeah. There's not a lot for me to return to here. Hmm. Okay. I, you know, I, I mention occasionally on some of these things that, oh, maybe for this scene or something, I'd stick around. Um, but yeah. I think I would rewatch the gynecologist bit over and over and over again. <laughs> and that's probably it. Um, or when he's interacting with the the kids, the cancer patients. See, that just kind of bums me out. And that's part of the thing that we didn't get get into a lot where it seems exploitative um, of, of these kids. Mm. Um, I didn't really want to bum anybody out listening to this. But uh, yeah, for that reason alone, I think it's too complicated for me. That's heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's something that is not easy to talk about, so you do have to treat it very carefully. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Have you learned anything about me as a person? Or Not necessarily. I mean, this you would watch this. I can see why you'd watch this. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it explains a lot, like, how I saw the world versus, like, how I see it now. I can see how it would definitely be a different experience. As a kid. There's just too much heavy and heady stuff going on um, for you to pay that much attention as a kid. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right, man. So I've got one final question for you. Mm-hmm. What we watching next? What we watching next? Well, I had a couple thoughts here. Oh, but no. you dropped the Rob bomb on me. The Rob Bob? You dropped the Rob on me. Uh, what is this? The Robin Williams bomb, Bobbin Williams. <laughs> the Bobbin, the, the Robin Williams bomb. So, and I and I have a plan here. Okay. Uh, audience, we're creeping up on fifty, and I want to do something fairly significant for that episode. So to kind of ease in and hint at what I might be doing for that fiftieth. No, no. We're gonna split the difference here, since you <laughs> dropped the Robin Williams. <laughs> I'm also going to drop it in the uh, state of Good Morning Vietnam, starring Robin Williams. Oh, my God. Uh, We're here. We're queer. And we're going to watch a lot of Robin Williams. Oh, (laughs) A lot of Robin Williams movies. Cool. Um, 
I have always wanted to watch this movie and just haven't. Here we go. I, I remember it being pretty fun as a kid, so hopefully it's a good experience. We will see if we can rebound from I mean, this. it's Vietnam. I never thought of it being a funny movie. And it shouldn't be. Oh. Just like this. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, really looking forward to the next episode. Oh. In between episodes, you can catch us on Instagram. We are Look What You Made Me View on the Instagrams. Uh, you can see our cool cartoons. You can see bonus content. Um, yeah, give us a little follow. Yeah, shout out um, to all the listeners keeping up with all this stuff. We appreciate you. Anybody um, subscribing, very cool. Uh, yeah, we hope you're watching along too. Yeah. Yeah, watch some of these movies, man. They're crazy. Some of them are really crazy. <laughs> oh my goodness. Heavenly Kid, that came up again in conversation. If you haven't watched that, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely recommend it. That was a crazy one. Yeah. And if you're talking to anybody about the show, uh, we do not advise starting from the beginning necessarily. I think it's uh, a good idea to just jump in on a movie that you're familiar with. This is um, our yeah. first podcast. This is our first joint media excursion. Um, our first working experience together. So we learned a lot. And thank you so much to everyone who's been here from the beginning, from the Captain Ron days. Um, we greatly appreciate that. But if you're telling your friends, you know, maybe don't start with Captain Ron. Maybe start around like first kid and move up from there. That's a good starting point. Sure. Yeah, Heavenly Kid, of course, is another great thing. Anything with kid point. in the title? Kid, karate kid, kid, anything kid, karate kid, do it. Absolutely. Star Wars kid. <laughs> no, because the one I showed you had no kids, zero children. Sure, it didn't. <laughs> Police Academy kid. Uh, yeah. There you go. Weird Science kid. Hey. Kid nerds. Um, yeah, if you've got problems with this movie or anything we said, don't talk to us. But if you want to talk Whoa. to us about something cool, you can send us an email at lookwhatyoumademeview at gmail.com. In the this. meantime, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Mm -hmm. Boing, boing. <laughs>